0: following program was pre recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart, plain talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker, a Parker Daniels keyboard, wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow his It's Sunday, 4 o'clock, and that means
1: around. it's the it's best so hour in radio of the week. It is the Victory Hour, and I'm Andrew Parker. Every I'm Sunday, you just got to tune in. 1280 AM, The Patriot, or live stream from anywhere coast to coast. Texas to uh, Ely, Minnesota, you can connect to the Victory Hour, and even overseas, and we do have listeners overseas. I know that there are some in the Jewish state of Israel who listen nearly every week. And we say welcome and thank you again to our regular listeners. Uh, This week, no different than others, we will talk politics, Israel, and the law Four to five, and if you miss us, six to seven on Freedom 1570. Or, you, as you know, you can uh, always download us. Podcast comes out every Monday morning, and we have folks that download religiously thousands of downloads. Indeed. As we are embarking on year number seven, With Salem Communication and uh, our radio broadcast, year number seven. Indeed. Talking politics, Israel and the law, and this week is no different as we are going to talk. You know, last week, we talked to the Republican opposition, the candidate running for Dean Phillips' seat in the 3rd Congressional District. This week, we're going to talk to the Republican... Endorsed candidate to run against Angie Craig in the second congressional district here in the great state of Minnesota. And that is Tyler Kissner is joining us. He'll be with us in just a few moments. Uh, but in the meantime, pull out that yellow pad and number two pencil. Sharpen her up. I know you probably have with your Boston crank pencil sharpener. And if you're watching on Facebook, which you can every week, you'll see the pencil sharpener, front and center here in the Parker Daniels Keyboard Studio downtown Minneapolis. But get it ready because uh, we've got an action-packed list of guests coming up over uh, the remaining portion of August and the month of September. Next week, we will have Kendall Qualls on the show, and he is... Join forces with the uh, American Action Network uh, to focus on the issues of the day, and per- in particular, uh, crime, and and really to shine a light on why it is that Democrats have so harmed this country. We're coming into an important election. That election includes the 2nd Congressional District, Tyler Kissner against Angie Craig. And some of the issues that they're going to be discussing, we'll be discussing with Kendall Qualls, one-time candidate for governor of the state of Minnesota. And uh, you'll want to listen to that because uh, it is going to educate you on the issues of the day. Beyond that, in September, we're going to have United States Senator Tina Smith joining us. On the victory hour, yes, indeed, the sitting senator will be here with us, likely live. So uh, make sure you have your uh, that yellow piece of paper that you folded up and threw in the drawer. Pull it out six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. On that day, you will want to call because Tina Smith will be with us, and you may have a few questions for. Her. How about this inflation reduction act? Is it really? Is it really? And explain that to us. Now remember, I had a major, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. An economics, so not gonna pull the wool over my eyes. Well, some might say, but Tina Smith was the wool pulled over her eyes? No, I you know, she's tracking and following Joe Biden and voting with Joe Biden. To, uh, I don't, you know, some people say, they argue, and this will be an issue we will discuss, whether liberal, democratic, fiscal policy and domestic policy is good for the poor and the middle class. Is it? Well, it hasn't proven as such. You will remember that the Great Society back in the 60s launched the War on Poverty. You remember that? Lyndon Baines Johnson. Yes. A celebrated Democrat. Launched the war on poverty, and here we are, 60 years later, and that war is still raging. In fact, it arguably has gotten much worse. And it is not because it, liberal fiscal policies worked. They didn't. They don't. Pouring money into the economy causes inflation. We know it. Don't tell us otherwise. And when you're pouring money into the economy, like the Inflation Reduction Act does, and like the previous trillions did, you're going to have the result that we now have. Beyond that, uh, third congressional district, uh, Congressman Dean Phillips will be joining us in the month of September. Yes, indeed, and we're going to talk to uh, Dean about why he keeps voting with Nancy Pelosi. I mean, he, I assume that he's speaking for the for the citizens of the Third, but is he really? Well, Tom Weiler, last week's guest, suggested he is not, and would like to replace him with someone who will speak for those in the Third. Uh, Dean, though, someone I've known for a long time, a good friend, uh, has been on the show a few times before, will join us. And he'll have answers. He, he will uh, defend his position and we'll talk to him about uh, the differences that we have. Uh, later on in September, Elena Lieberman will be on the show uh, talking about education, the PTA, our parents. Do they have a say? in how their kids are educated and how is that issue rolling out in the state of Minnesota uh, because it is a troublesome one as uh, as you see by the headlines. So it is action-packed and we, uh, after we uh, have all of those guests on, we're going to line up A whole series in October and November, beginning of November, to the election. We're going to talk to some pundits, some uh, pollsters about how things are looking. And you'll have an opportunity to weigh in as well. What do you think of that primary with Ilhan Omar? Is Ilhan Omar now at risk? Listen, the district Ilhan Omar is in is a plus 26 Democrat district. So, uh, you know, you hate to say the Republicans can never win it. You don't want to say that. But the reality is, if they make the Democrats work and pick off even 30, you know, uh, 30 percent That would be enormous. It would mean Republicans would win across the state of Minnesota. Statewide races for sure. Uh, So we need good Republican candidates even in the fifth. But it's the primary for the Democrats that knocks Ilhan Omar out. And after we come back from this short break, we are going to talk to uh, the Republican candidate for the 2nd Congressional District, that would be the eastern suburbs. Last week was the western suburbs. Uh, Tyler kissner He's been on the show before, you recall. He had a very close race last time around against Angie Craig. It's a rematch! And it may be time for a Republican to return after uh, Colonel John Klein represented the district for so long and did such a fantastic job. Well, We've had a change over the last many years, and Tyler Kissner is trying to bring it back and bring it back with military force. We'll talk to him about that when we come right back. Make sure you stay with us, and in the meantime, go to ParkerDK.com. Talk soon. Talking politics, Israel, and the law. Every week it's the victory hour. I'm Andrew Parker. Thanks for joining us once again. It is a treat this beautiful Sunday to have with us in the studio, downtown Minneapolis, the Parker Daniels Keyboard Studio, second district congressional candidate running. With the Republican endorsement to unseat Congresswoman Angie Craig, Tyler Kissner grew up in Minnesota, lifelong Minnesotan, attended the University of Minnesota, my alma mater, a U.S. Marine of uh, some nine years of active duty in special ops in the Marine Raider's. Many of those years and had the command ultimately of nearly 500 U.S. and other military personnel in counterterrorism, counter China and Russia aggression and uh, since has been in the Marine Reserves. And still giving back seeking a seat in the United States Congress, uh, we are honored. we say a big thank you for your service to our special guest today, Tyler Kissner.:
2: No Andrew, it's a pleasure to be on here, and I, I appreciate the, uh, the thank you, but I, I can tell you you and every other American in this country, you guys are worth it. Uh, <laughs> as, as much as I sacrifice time away from my loved ones, my family, my daughter. Uh, those special events um seeing the type of uh security we could provide for this nation over those nine years to include the uh the next three and a half here um every moment was worth it for you guys
1: Tell us a little about uh your military service uh tyler where Where were you what sorts of uh missions were you on and and what sorts of responsibility did you have
2: I, I hate to sound like the movie cliche, but um <laughs> I can only tell you so much. Yeah. Um, But no, I did uh, two tours to the Indo-Pacific. Some of the countries included uh, the Philippines, Thailand, Malaysia, uh, and the likes doing a lot of counterterrorism out there as well as counter-China aggression. And then uh, in special operations, I did two tours to North Africa. Um, The one country I was a disclosed uh, U.S. citizen slash military personnel was uh, Tunisia. But there we worked a lot of uh, counterterrorism. working mostly against uh, al-Qaeda of the Islamic Maghreb uh, to include uh, ISIS, as a lot of the foreign fight- fighters, once the caliphate was defeated, started moving back home to include uh, counter-China-Russia aggression. So, no, I was, I was blessed at the uh, age of 31 to gain as much responsibility and experience as I did. Uh, worked a lot of uh, national security strategy. I worked with uh, U.S. ambassadors, foreign dignitaries, had a $180 million budget, five special operations programs uh, that had direct oversight from four-star generals from the Pentagon to include the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff. So um, I am fortunate with what experience I did gain.
1: Well, once again, Tyler, we're, uh, we're honored to have you with us on the show. Uh, we're honored. I know I speak for many, if not all, uh, Republicans. We're honored to have you run Uh, as the Republican endorsed candidate uh, in the second congressional district to give voice as one of eight going to the house of representatives from the state of Minnesota, as the voice of the second congressional district and when one of 435 in the house that actually gets to vote on things that are so important to all of us, uh, Tyler, we're going to talk in a little bit more about the Middle East and about Iran in particular and the fact that you will have a vote when Joe Biden tries to pen and get agreement on a, what will in all likelihood be a terrible deal with the Iranian regime across the seas uh, frankly, presidents don't care much what the House of Representatives, <laughs> thinks, <laughs> representatives think about foreign policy uh, agreements. But uh, you will have a voice in it if you are elected to Congress. We'll talk about that in a little bit. First, I want to start with the central issue in the upcoming campaign and, and hear a little bit more about differences between you and Angie Craig on the issue of law and order and crime.
2: Now, when, when when you look at law and order and crime, I mean, it's it's apparent. In 2020, Angie Craig literally followed her party. She followed the defund the police movement. She was all about stripping the police away from their qualified immunity, which literally took away all their protective rights for them to operate under high-stress situations. She this voted for stripping. The, yep, stripping. The, the George Floyd in... Uh, uh, in just uh <laughs> George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Uh she voted for voted for it in the which last which would have Congress.
1: undermined police yeah. qualified immunity which allows them, you know, to do their job without fear of uh you know getting a million dollar judgments for, you know, it may have been an error but not not of anything
2: intentional. Keep keep in mind this is the same type of type of protections we give teachers when a kid starts having, you know, they start choking on food. A teacher can go provide CPR or the Heimlich Maneuver without repercussion of a lawsuit if they don't do it correctly. Um, and we
1: give the same sort of protection
2: to government officials. Absolutely. The ones who are voting on this. We, we give it to the military. I was able to benefit from this because in high-stress situations, we were able to operate effectively knowing that. That under high stress situations where every second, every minute detail and action you do matters, we give that to police officers because they are under high stress situations where life and death is on the line, whether it's their life or it's the life and the protection of those they're actually responsible And to. Angie
1: Craig voted to strip that from police officers
2: twice. Um, now that poll. And that's
1: how Nancy Pelosi voted?
2: Oh, absolutely. It, it, Angie Craig votes completely lock in step with Nancy Pelosi. If Nancy Pelosi wills it, Angie Craig is going to follow it. Um, but when you look at this, it's, it's literally just being able to stand up with law and order. I did it in 2020. You talk to every law enforcement officer within the second congressional district, let alone the entire state. Uh, all of them will agree. Tyler Kissner was always there with them. And so I will always be with them because I understand the type of difficulties that they face and understand that they need the resources, they need the training, they need everything necessary to keep my family safe, your family safe, and our entire community safe because they're putting their life on the line.
1: Are there endorsements that uh, have come your way at all?
2: We we are continuing to talk with uh, a lot of police organizations out there right now. Uh, There are no endorsements yet, but uh, we have engaged with them and it's looking very promising.
1: Well, I'll tell you that... You know, this is uh, it's an important race because the Congress and control of Congress, which means the leadership in Congress, the leadership of every committee, not just the Speaker of the House, lies in the balance of five districts across the country, isn't it? Five or six that need to flip and the second congressional district in Minnesota
2: has to be one that everyone's keeping their eye on, isn't it, Tyler? So when you look at redistricting, there are 81 districts left that are considered a true swing district. They they consider it either plus or minus five of either side. The second congressional district is one of only three that are considered an even. So it is a true toss-up. When you look at national outside support, We have about $19 million already reserved in terms of uh, TV advertisement spending. So we are one of the top three congressional uh, races in the country that everyone's looking at to help not only just build a majority, but the way I like to look at it is if you get the right candidate in there, this isn't just a majority maker. It's one that will maintain that majority for the next decade.
1: Uh, Amazing. And uh, how important the second congressional district uh, is in the upcoming race. Let's go back to the issue of uh – Crime, the crime statistics, which I'm sure you, you've looked at, just came out last week. I talked about it last week on the show a bit uh, with Tom Weiler running for the 3rd Congressional District. Uh, I- interestingly, uh, Tim Walls decided to release those statistics uh, Friday evening, uh, probably the lowest level or grade of uh, of media coverage he could get. And why? Well, because the stats didn't look so good, did they?
2: No, I mean, it it was appalling to see what those stats represented. It it shows not even just in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, but in the entire surrounding metro area, which the second congressional district has in Scott County, Dakota County, Washington, um, and Rice and LeSueur. It showed that crime has increased an astronomical amount. But what's most appalling is 35 percent increase on crime against law enforcement officers. That already tells you. That the rhetoric is already out there for the past year and a half, if not two years, that people don't respect law and order. They don't respect our police officers. So what we need are individuals. We need representatives who are leaders to stand with our law enforcement and combat this because it's not only just hurting law enforcement. It's hurting the recruitment. It's hurting the retention because no one's wanting to stand with them. No one's wanting to back them up until polling tells them to. Crime rose. Violent crime
1: it's not not just uh you know you, you stole uh uh jumbo bubblegum from the the nickel uh, store no <laughs> the, the violent crime rose 23.9% nearly 24% uh from 2020 to 2021 and 2020 was through the roof and you're right 35% more uh, violent actions against police officers. 35% more above the record breaking year of 2020. Appalling. In 2021. It is appalling. We'll be, we'll be right back uh, talking to Tyler Kistner running against Angie Craig in the 2nd Congressional District as Republican. We're going to talk crime. We're going to talk inflation. When we come back, make sure to stay with us. Uh, don't go anywhere except. ParkerDK.com, award-winning, some say, website. We'll be right back. We're back. It's the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker every Sunday... Four to five o'clock, talk politics, Israel and the law. Thank you for joining us once again. Our special guest today, Tyler Kissner, running for the second congressional district here in the state of Minnesota, one of three districts that is not just a toss-up, but equal, even, uh, in terms of uh, which Democrat or Republican really has the edge. And so this is a seat that, can be picked up uh, and determine whether Kevin McCarthy or Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House. It's maybe an assumption on Kevin McCarthy, but not too big of a one. So we're talking to uh, Tyler Kistner and we were talking about crime on the other side of the break and the alarming numbers that have come out and are The leaders currently in this state, which are all Democrats in the city of Minneapolis, all Democrats have been for decades. What are they doing about the outrageous crime rate just in the city of Minneapolis? Nothing. As I talked about the other day, I was here till nearly midnight uh, doing some work on some appellate work and getting ready. And at about 11 o'clock that night, there was a riddling of machine gun fire outside the window of our office in downtown Minneapolis, 30 to 40 shots, it sounded like, for sure. I read the next morning that a murder had occurred earlier in the evening and that this was the uh, retaliation on that murder. This is going on in the city of Minneapolis. This isn't Chicago. It is not Mogadishu. This is the city of Minneapolis. It is an absolute outrage. And what is worse is our leaders are doing nothing. What say you, Tyler Kissner?
2: I mean, you bring up the city of Mogadishu. I mean, let's do a side by side. Yeah, you you're tell familiar. Me um, I mean, it's appalling what's going on. And I mean, when you talk to a lot of the law enforcement. It's not just the rhetoric of what our elected officials on the Democratic side have been pushing on this defund the police and pushing against law and order. It's also looking at what the prosecution has been doing. How many of these criminals are getting locked up one day by law enforcement and then put back on the streets the next day? Why do we not have stronger restrictions? Why do we not have stronger punishment for criminals? Yet when we look at victims, they're the ones who are actually getting the greater punishment. I mean, right there, right there, that's not only demoralizing for law enforcement, that's demoralizing to the entire community because that's saying, hey, if you commit a crime, we're going to get you right back on the street. But if you're a victim of a crime, we're going to make sure if you don't do the right thing in that, we're going to lock you up. You know, government policy is
1: all about nudging here and pushing their incentives. Tax policy is about creating incentives. Crime is also about incentives or disincentives. Deterring crime does not happen when you say, well, if you do this, nothing's going to happen to you. Or if you do this, you might get picked up, but you'll be let go uh, within hours. And then we'll ask that you appear. Hopefully you will. And then when you do appear, it's going to be lenient sentences, if any, Because the prosecutors may decide if they're liberal, which, by the way, the Hennepin County attorney who just got uh, one of the two slots to run to hold that seat is a leftist supported by Ilhan Omar and Keith Ellison. You better beware of electing her because we're going to look like San Francisco with George Gascon. I think he's the San Francisco guy Uh, or he might be L.A. No, Gassetti is L.A. and, you know, we can't afford it. Are these numbers that came out last, uh, week, last Friday or a week ago Friday now, uh, are they surprising
2: at all? No, they're, they're, they're not surprising because you can say all you want. It's what your actions are following up what you say. And Democrats can talk all the talk, but they don't walk the walk. They can say they support law enforcement, but they're doing no action to actually show it. They're doing everything they can to literally increase more requirements and mandates on law enforcement without providing any funding to help support that, while at the same time helping these prosecutors allow these criminals to commit a crime one day and be back out on the street the next. I mean, you can look at the greatest example in New York when the gubernatorial candidate Republican in New York was attacked by someone with a knife. He was back on the street the next day. You're going to tell me that's trying to disincentivize crime? As a parent, I have a five-year-old daughter and a one-year-old boy. How do I stop them from doing bad behavior? I punish them. You have to do the same with criminals. Not saying my kids are criminals, but I'm saying you have to follow up with some sort of punishment. Otherwise, you're never going to stop bad behavior.
1: Well, it, it, uh, it, it's not rocket science. It's not that difficult to figure out. You pour a bunch of money into the economy, you're going to get inflation. You let criminals go and publicize that you're going to let them go. You're going to get increased crime. And it's not just like, ah, oh, it's a number. It's a, these are real people whose lives are being taken or destroyed in one way or another through clear, unadulterated, heinous acts by those who just don't care to follow uh, the law. The, the law.
2: The, the amount of kids under the age of 10 who are bystanders of this crime, who are victims of it, oh. who parents have to literally put their kids into a coffin and put them six feet under because of this crime. You tell me that a number doesn't mean anything if it's only in the single digits.
1: Now let's turn to uh, policy that actually deals with those who, Are most disadvantaged in our society? Are liberal democratic economic policies helping those who are most disadvantaged in our country?
2: I mean, when you look at the past year and a half, you can literally see every single policy of the democratic agenda of this build back broke, literally stack the deck against middle class and poor families. Did Angie Craig vote for those? She voted for every single one of them. She literally increased the national debt by trillions of dollars while literally stripping away energy independence. At the same time, increasing inflation to record highs that we've ever seen. Cost of living for middle class and poor families to records that we've never seen before, where literally families have to budget week by week, not only just to put food on the table, but gas in the car, let alone if that gas actually now costs more than the car they're trying to put it into. These are disastrous for America. It's disastrous for our future, and literally they're mortgaging the futures of my children, your children, our grandchildren, and our future generations all for their Green New Deal and build-back-broke type agenda. That's literally destroying this country.
1: The last time, uh, Angie, and by the way, uh, Angie is a strong supporter of the state of Israel, Uh, a good friend of mine as it relates to that issue for sure, Uh, and she is a reliable vote for the values that this country believes in, in terms of Middle East countries, namely the Jewish state of Israel, she has been consistently. Uh, so, I have her on, and and she's always been a great guest. Um, and I asked her about the fact that this country was energy independent under Donald J. Trump by the end of his uh, of uh, two thousand nineteen. In fact, earlier in two thousand nineteen. And within a year, year you know, a year and a half, Joe Biden had destroyed that energy independence. And what Angie Craig said was, well, we weren't clean energy independent. And so it really doesn't have the same. Tell that to somebody who can't fill their tank now and has to rely on Russian war or Saudi Arabia and our visits over there. What about this clean
2: energy independence? We have just 30 seconds. I mean, when you look at energy, you got to look at what's going to be more cost effective for the consumer. How are we going to help support middle-class America? How are we going to support every household in America? Because right now we are no longer getting energy from domestic. We are actually looking to the Middle East. We're looking at countries that are enemies of Israel to get resources from them instead of tapping into our own while at the same time selling our natural or our strategic national reserve to China, our greatest national security threat. And you're trying to tell me you're looking out for this country. You're looking out for our greatest allies when you're looking at our greatest threats as the most reliable source for natural resources. When We had
1: energy independence exactly. at one time. It's a national security issue. It absolutely is. Well, you know, It's it's the difference between even even if you like and I have many friends uh, on the Democratic side, including Angie Craig and Dean Phillips, both of whom come on the show uh, often. And we have spirited debates. And and uh, while we disagree, I give them full air time to express their views. There are differences of opinion on this show. We respect opinions uh, across the board, but we may uh, emphatically disagree. And uh, I think that's the case here. When we come back from this short break, we're going to talk. We're going to turn our attention uh, to uh, foreign policy, and there are a few issues uh, not you know, that certainly affect the state of Israel, something that we care so much about on this program, but but also greatly affect the United States and the United States security. Uh, Apparatus and systems. So make sure to stay with us because we're talking to someone who knows quite a bit about those issues. Uh, Nine year active duty U.S. Marine special ops. Tyler Kistner running for the second congressional district here in the state of Minnesota against Democrat Angie Craig. Could be a big flip there in the second. We'll be right back. Go to MyPillow.com. Put in the offer code VICTORY and you get up to 66% off. Stay with us. It is the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker, and we're our special guest today. Tyler Kissner, running for the 2nd Congressional District here in the state of Minnesota, important for the state of Minnesota, important for those who live in the 2nd Congressional District, but quite frankly, and you can't say this about every congressional district uh, at all in the United States, quite important for the United States and the control of the U.S. House of Representatives. Is it going to be liberal Democrat control, which... You know, if normally when you're looking at, all right, what impact is something going to have on me and my life? You look at the history. You look at where that sort of control exists and how are things going there? Okay, Uh, L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, uh, New York. How how are they doing? Not so great. Crime rates through the roof. Hardly can afford to live there. Uh, Policies where men are women and women are men and you're not quite sure. Uh, You know, discrimination I am totally opposed to. Of any sort. Uh, But changing definitions of things that are biologically determined based on the definition is maybe a bit beyond the pale. We don't need to get into those social uh, issues. Remember, I kind of laugh when I bring that up because I remember the day back in the 80s and, and 90s where the Democrats were pounding the table that the key issues that the government needs to focus on are not these social issues that the Republicans keep bringing up and and this new religious right wing agenda of the Republican Party was going to change the social fabric of the country. Well, who is it now actually that has changed the social fabric of this country question for you to ponder over the next week? And we'll talk about it next week. But for now, I want to talk to Tyler Kissner about the, uh, some foreign policy issues. Um, as it relates to uh, Israel. Tyler, you know, as I said, Angie Craig, big supporter of the U.S. Israel relationship. And I wanted to get you, uh, give you the opportunity to weigh in uh, both about your feelings on the U.S. Israel relationship, the strategic alliance, uh, the military uh, alliance, the security alliance uh, between them, and the intellectual property alliance as it relates to technology.
2: I mean, when you look at Israel, they've always been one of our strongest allies. And we always need to stand with them because they are the only democracy still in the Middle East. So that is a strong alliance we need to maintain. That's one we need to continue to build upon because they are literally holding the ground for democracy within the Middle East. As we continue to see a rise with Iran, as Russia is continuing to increase their alliance with Iran to include China. So when you look at uh, national security threats— the Middle East is just as much a threat as it was in early 2000s as it is today, and will continue to be so. And that's why Israel will always be one of our strongest allies, like Great Britain and the likes.
1: You know, um, one of the things about Israel that people don't talk a lot about, uh, but that is amazing and very and eye-opening for those who uh, haven't studied it, is that It is one of the giants in the world for as small a country as it is and for as few a number of people as it has giants in the world on technology, military technology, certainly because unfortunately and not in their wishes at all. They have had to defend themselves and it's a life and death sort of uh, experiment that they engage in when they go into the laboratory and try to determine whether this military uh, weaponry is going to work this way or that way. And they have taught the United
2: States a great deal as we have them. No, absolutely. When when, when you look at uh, military strategic strategy, I- Israel has been one that we can continue to work in a, a partnership with uh, because just as much as we're trying to develop future military technology to maintain that competitive advantage – over our adversaries, Israel has to go in there day in and day out on the front lines and test that type of technology, whereas the U.S. just tests it in nice laboratories, in nice training sites. The
1: Iron Dome is a great example. Exactly. And the U.S. will now have confidence and be able to use the Iron Dome, tweak it to even improve it uh, because of uh, Israel's uh, use of it kind of as a front-line point of the spear sort of defense, uh, uh, defensive uh, mechanism. Now, let's turn to 1979, and and in 79, the Iranian regime changed. And the Ayatollah and uh, the Mullahs took over and have been in control and have more recently cemented their control over uh, the country of Iran a country, by the way, that is one of the most or more educated countries or was uh, in the Middle East. Uh, Now with the Mullahs having, and and when I say that they have cemented their position in uh, Iran, it wasn't always that way because there were protests in the street, as you recall, back in uh, 2010 to 15 time frame. 2015, we give them well over $100 billion released into the economy, an enormous percentage of their overall economy. And they have used it to further implant uh, their feet in the, as the largest uh, government sponsor of terror in the world. The question is, are we going to make the same mistake, and what will it mean?
2: I mean, when you look at 1979, not just uh, Iran changed in terms of uh, foreign policy with the Middle East. I mean, remember where Saudi Arabia stood in terms of alliances in 1979, and just the complete 180 of alliances flip from that point on. Uh, When you look at this, I mean, you can say there's— Any Democrat who stands strong with Israel. But then again, when you look at Iran, that literally shows their true colors because all of them want this Iranian nuclear deal. Remember how disastrous it was when Obama pushed it and we were literally the United States funding terrorism, funneling it through Iran while it was harming our own service members. And now we want to go back to that under the Biden administration. It's appalling. And, and it's upsetting as a, 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 a veteran, a, a service member who still has individuals out there. I can't believe they're even even talking about this again.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it, it really ends up being a, well, a policy that uh, uh, for some reason is is based on the belief that Iran should be a partner, with the United States in protecting the world. And it's outrageous. It's uh, ignoring reality and the dangers. I will say this. Some in the state of Israel believe that any deal is better than the current scenario, which is uh, no deal. And I, you know, I, I don't agree with that. There is a big election coming up in November, not just here, but in the state of Israel, And it will be interesting to see how in lockstep with the United States in terms of timing that election uh, goes. Uh, Tyler, if somebody wants to help out your campaign, uh, what can they do?
2: Where can they go? If you want to help out our campaign, uh, you can just go to our website at Kistner for Congress dot com. It's K.I.S.T.N. as in November. E.R. for Congress. That's F.O.R. And uh, you can go on there. You can click to either help donate in terms of uh, monetary resources to get our advertisements up on TV, or you can help volunteer, uh, get out in the streets and meet with constituents face to face, as well as just getting involved with everything you can with our uh, race. This is one of the top five in the country. Every ounce of support is going to help because I'm not running just for myself or you. I'm running for my children, your children, our future generations to help build up their prosperity.
1: That's Tyler Kistner. Go to KistnerForCongress.com if you want to help out his campaign in the 2nd Congressional District running against Angie Craig to represent the 2nd in Minnesota.
0: That's it for this week. And once again, have a great week.
1: Always do what Bernie recommends.
0: You've been listening to The Victory Hour with Andrew Parker a Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. For more information, go to parkerdk.com. Until next time, he leaves you with these words from Winston Churchill. All the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope.